Hello there, and welcome to the Roots Networking Podcast, brought to you by Hamilton Barnes. Here at Hamilton Barnes, we're a specialist recruitment consultancy in the technology space, covering everything from enterprise networking, telecoms, security, fiber, and more. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Telecom Spin-Off Series. I'm Eve McKenna, Social Media Executive here at Hamilton Barnes. Today, I'd like to introduce a very special guest, Eugenia Jordan, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Telecom Infra Project. Eugenia is also the author of Unlimited, The 17 Proven Laws for Success in a Workplace Not Designed for You, a book which shines a light on the struggles that underrepresented communities face in corporate America. I'm looking forward to hearing all about her journey today. So welcome, Eugenia. Thank you, Eve, so very much for having me on the podcast. Amazing. So we start at the same place with all of our guests. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got into your current career at Telecom Infra Project? Absolutely. So if we start from the beginning, um, my story started in 1970, communist Russia. So my mom was a single mom and she believed that I deserved better. So she gave me the best education possible and she instilled in me this strong desire, or we call it, growth mindset to learn and that is what brought me to become the CMO of TIP constant constant learning I have two degrees one is masters in teaching and the other one is a computer undergrad so as you can guess I am a self-taught marketer I started in the industry in telecom 23 years ago as a receptionist after the dot-com boom and I grew up to become a marketing manager, then a marketing director, then executive VP, and then the CMO because that's what I wanted to do. I loved the storytelling. I loved working with customers and that's why it was a really great fit for me. Could you tell us a little bit just about what Telecom Infra Project is, what it does, what it focuses on, just for anyone who wasn't aware? Absolutely. That's why I have a little pin here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, TIP, or Telecom Infra Project, is a non-profit in telecom. Our mission is to work with our community of members to bring innovation into telecom with open and disaggregated solutions, AI, new set of chipsets, and so on. So we have about um, 500, 600 members. We have different project groups where technical leads work on getting requirements from mobile operators on those needed solutions for transport or core or RAN or management and operations so it starts with gathering the requirements that's step step number one then step number two is the our members that are part of the vendor community they create a joint roadmap then those solutions they go into testing and certification for the real world for real deployments and then mobile operators get tested certified validated solutions that can be deployed for different use cases. Perfect. Um, Now looking back over the course of your career, are there any 
significant turning points or really pivotal moments that stand out to you as being kind of very profound and having an impact on the rest of your career? So I would say there were two moments. The first one is when I asked for the transfer into the marketing department. So I was in my previous role. I started as a receptionist and I worked my way up to executive assistant, chief of staff. And when I found out that there was a, an opening for an entry-level marketing manager, I really wanted that job because I was a singly divorced parent with a um, single parent with a two-year-old and I wanted to grow. Financially, I couldn't afford to go back to school, so the only option for me was to learn on the job. So I needed the sponsorship from my boss, who was the CEO of the company. And I remember it was January 2007 or 8. I marched into his office and even without letting my... Um, fear out of me because I was scared. What was he going to say? Is he going to allow me to transfer? I said, there's an opening in marketing. Please let me go. He was at his desk working. He lifted his head up and he said, good morning, Eugenia. I realized I didn't even say good morning. <laughs> and he got up from his desk. He gave me a hug and he said, I cannot hold your ambition. Let's figure it out how it's going to work. When I wrote my book, I shipped him a copy with the note of gratitude because he supported me in my ambition. And the WhatsApp he sent me back said, I remember like it was yesterday that day. And the decision we made, it was not only the right decision for you and me. It was the right decision for industries, companies, and people you've impacted. So that pivot, that is pivotal moment number one, when someone believed in me, gave me an opportunity, and boy, oh boy, I didn't throw away my shot, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then the second one is when I was at Cisco, I was working on telecom, um, mobility, wireless, licensed, unlicensed solutions, was a marketing communications um, leader there. And they needed someone to lead the launch of the new Cisco brand. Tomorrow starts here in 2012. And because I've established a really good reputation in my vertical, they came to me and they asked me if I was willing to take it as a stretch assignment. Of course, the answer was yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it gave me an opportunity to launch a huge, amazing brand like Cisco to work with over 50 amazing individuals globally from PR to messaging to um, regional and launch the new Cisco brand. So those two pivotal moments, they defined who I am as a marketer. Amazing. I think it's so important to stress how 
how much an impact a person can have on your journey and it's being able to give someone that opportunity or support them or give some advice um, that really does make all the difference in the end you know like there's always a discussion of kind of like what is it that makes people successful and I think that story is just a testament to how important it is to have like the right people around you when you're when you're working so hard um, to get places you know just to give you the break give you an opportunity give you support um, Oh, I lo love hearing that story. Um, taking all that into consideration, you know, looking back over your career, do you think, does anything come to mind when you think of, would you do something differently? Or would you, if you could go back now, would you give yourself any advice that you've learned over, the, over this time? That is a good question because retrospective is very, very important. So I start, so there are three areas in marketing. So there is one is your corporate marketing, your events, your social media, your digital, your press releases, your communications. That's your corporate marketing. Then the second one is your product marketing, your messaging, your bias personas, your content, white papers and whatnot, website content. And then the last one is your demand generation helping sales create or generate pipeline so i started as a corporate marketer and then with my previous company i became really strong in product marketing so i'm sort of a unicorn so i would the advice what i would have given to myself or the advice that I would give to the um, younger people is become that unicorn early in your career. Learn as much as you can about all the areas in your immediate function and maybe do even cross training. Learn about engineering, learn about product, learn about all those areas because you might figure out what you want to do in your next chapter. Um, and I'm not sure why I didn't do it um, early on. Maybe it was comfort. And that's why I left Cisco, amazing company. And I wanted to get out of my comfort zone. So the advice is learn, get out of your comfort zone and go get them tigers. I think it's easy to pigeonhole yourself into, especially when you, you do get comfortable and like you get used to something. Um, but marketing, that's the joy of marketing is there is so much you can do. There's so many different areas and niches and um, finding that place that you, that real sweet spot where you feel really good is, um, it's worth going out there and and trying something new. Now moving on to the present day. Um, in your current role at TIP, what is the best part about it? What brings you the most excitement? What do you just love to do when you get to work on a Monday? Our members, humans of TIP, humans of telecom, collaborating with them, creating new solutions, creating experiences for them, promoting their efforts, um, what they are doing in the industry, meeting with them at industry events, talking to them on LinkedIn. So interactions with humans, that's what uh, excites me the most. And as a membership organization, 
when our members succeed, when we deliver value to them, when we help them get certified, when we help them to get deployed, when we understand their needs, that makes me happy. Or other members, mobile operators. Mobile operators are under a lot of pressure to reduce their deployment cost and maintenance cost. So when we work with our community of vendors and system integrators, and we deliver those solutions certified and tested to our mobile operator members, that makes me happy. So connecting with our members, finding out how we can unite to bring solutions to the industry, that, would excite, that is what excites me. In that current in that current role, what would you say is the the key skills that have really been fundamental to your success? Obviously, connecting with people and providing those solutions definitely requires like a certain type of mindset and um, communication skills. What would you say has been like the most pivotal 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 skill uh, in your in your experience? So I'm going to go back to growth mindset. It takes a year for someone to succeed in a new role, to get to know people, to go get to know um, what you're doing, to see the results. So I'm in my second year. So in, as TIP is evolving, we just relaunched our membership. And as the industry is evolving, growth mindset across not only the technology, um, I have 12 patents from my previous company, I have them on OpenRAN, 5G and AI. So understanding the technology and where it's gonna be in one year, two, three years from now and working with our membership base to deliver those solutions or start those new project groups. Growth mindset on technology, number one growth mindset on understanding how business models will in evolve so we can help our members be successful so it's growth mindset across all those three p's people which is our membership base processes how tip operates and um products which is the technology i'm interested to see in your from your perspective kind of how you saw things change in the industry from like a marketing perspective because we do have people come on here you know with like technical backgrounds um and they talk about like kind of like the the, the specific technology but from like a broader marketing perspective what would you say the the trends uh, how how it's come from and where do you see it going in the future so i've been 20 some years in B2B business to business marketing. Early on, I realized that though it's business to business, there's always an age, a human at the end of it. So if marketers, B2B marketers realize that it's not B2B marketing, but it's B2B to H marketing, then they will market more successfully. Yes, in marketing, when we do um, work on product marketing, we have buyer's personas, buyer's journeys, but it's not a 
fiction character. It's an actual customer. It's an actual uh, customer with the challenges that a particular company needs to solve. Mm-hmm. And that's why um, tip in my current role, I partner with our engagement organization. I partner with our project groups to understand how we can help our members. Members come to us and they want visibility. So we partner with them on digital channels. We partner with them on LinkedIn Lives or LinkedIn audios or posts. We partner with them on events because that's what they want from marketing. And we're solving their challenges. Mm. So, and this is where marketing is going. It's becoming more human where even businesses or companies that sell into businesses, they need to find what challenges are that their customers are experiencing and finding where those challenges, how they can be solved. Do they want to be educated? Do they want to meet with technical people? Do do they want to come to a keynote at um, at an event? So once you know what the customer challenge is, then you can come up with the right marketing mix Mm -hmm. to address their needs and take them, not drag them along the journey, but take them (laughs) along the journey that suits them. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think it's evident in like the work that you do and kind of your approach that you're very people centered and. It's so true that marketing is definitely moving that way. I think we've had this like boom uh, of marketing and kind of like over overselling to the consumer. And it's just like it's almost like totally lost touch with the um, with the whole point, which is, like you say, solving a problem, like creating a solution for the customer. Um so it's really interesting that that's kind of like a trend that you've noticed. Enjoying the conversation so far? Interested in following a similar career path? Why don't you take a look at our jobs page where you'll find your next opportunity. Head to www.hamilton-barnes.com forward slash jobs. Moving on to the industry as a woman, as an immigrant, as a person in a minority, what kind of bias or stereotypes have you have you encountered, if any, during your experience in the industry? Um, what has your experience been like as a woman in this industry? I'm going to tell you another story. So, as you can see, I like bright colors. I like pinks. I like blues. I like my makeup. Um, so it makes me feel good. I do it for myself. I don't do it for anyone else. It just makes me feel good. So I was at a conference and normally, as you you know, at any telecom conferences, there is more men than women. I was sitting on a bench. I, I just did a briefing with Forbes and I was in between my other um, analyst briefings and a younger gentleman, maybe in his, I'm 53, so, you know, anyone under 40 is younger. (laughs) Uh, So he sat next to me and 
I, I am nice. So he looked at me, I said, hello, how you doing? And then we just had a small talk about what he was doing at the conference and what he did for work. And what I noticed, because I was wearing a pink blazer, pink highlights in my hair, he started explaining all the acronyms to me. So what 5G stand for, five fifth generation, what OpenRAN stand for, and so on. He started spelling C-U-D-U, Rick. And I was sitting and listening because my mama brought me better than that. And my mama taught me not to interrupt. She always told me, there will be time for you to speak. Listen. So I listened, nodded, and then he asked me what I did and um, who I worked for. I looked at him and I said, my name, I'm the chief marketing officer, I work for TIP. And his eyes started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And I said, and by the way, all the acronyms that you just spelled for me, I have 12 patents on them. He turned red and because he was a bigger person, he apologized. And then we talked about bias in the industry and stereotypes and so on. So after I posted that story on LinkedIn, what became apparent that there were two camps. There was one camp of executive women from different industries, healthcare, sports, telecom, tech, and construction and so on. They've experienced that as well because in many I asked to bring coffee or take notes. So those women, they were sharing their experiences. And the second camp was men. They apologized for what happened and they promised that they would do better as well. And that was very heartwarming because my goal was not to shame that person that sat next to me. And I didn't even know that the conversation was going to shape that way. Mm -hmm. My goal was to bring that issue to his attention. So when he goes better, because he now knows better, mm -hmm. he would do better. Absolutely. And that's what you hope comes out of these situations, not to not to drag someone down for making a mistake because unfortunately a lot of these biases are unconscious and they're made without even really thinking but there is this notion that if a woman is in the room then she isn't there she can't have the same conversations that you can have with a man she isn't there for the same reason and it's purely judged on gender and nothing else and I hear this time and time again of women being at a conference being in a room being on stage and you're not supposed to be there go get a coffee go take some notes just purely judged in a heartbeat because of being a woman um and it's comical really um that that this is like still so pervasive in these spaces that a woman can't stand up and be there for all the reasons and more that a man is there um so taking down those those notions one by one on linkedin in in a in a conference setting um it's so important that we challenge them because it's not until we challenge them 
that it actually will make any difference. Um, so I imagine that you've had quite an impact on that person. I'm sure he won't make that mistake twice. <laughs> Um, but looking on towards the future, um, kind of on the same topic, um, what advice would you give to young women who are entering the workforce? What kind of strategies or mindsets do you recommend um, for them to tackle career challenges they might face? I would go back to my book because the book was written in mind for younger generation or people that starting over or people like me. So the first thing that they need to understand if, is that if they want to be something, if they want to be a technical person, marketing leader, HR leader, social media, you know, community executive like you, they need to know that they deserve that position that they they deserve it and they need to believe in themselves so that's number one and that's what the first part of the book it's about building that mindset building mindset and asking why not why not me to become an executive? Why not me be the lead on Cisco's brand launch? Why not me getting 12 patents? And then working on your self-awareness, working on your weaknesses, strengthening your strengths, learning how to use your voice, learning how to negotiate. And the second one we already talked about, it's finding the right sponsors, working really hard, proving to them that you deserve that next opportunity. And the last one, it's for people that have the voice in the industry, like you have the voice with your podcast, I have the voice with my platforms. It's making sure that we're not the last ones. If they see us, they can be us. When you were writing the book, I'm just curious uh, if there was any like specific role models or people in the industry or other authors that you'd read that inspired you um, to to write the book, to to share that with everyone. So um, I was a part of Chief. It's the membership networking organization for women executives in the US. And there is one woman that inspired my book and then inspired many other books because she was the first one to write the book. Her name is Michelle Ferguson. And she convinced me to write my book. And then I convinced other women to write their books. <laughs> uh, it, it takes a village. Yeah. It takes it takes a village. So Michelle Ferguson, uh, she's the most amazing, kindest, giving human out there. She's very quiet. She doesn't ever know the impact she's making on everyone around her. She inspired me to launch a mentorship program with my previous company. We are launching a mentorship program with TIP. Um, so in, in February 1st. 
So that woman made a lot of impact on me, and now I'm paying it forward by writing, publishing the book. I donate the book to organizations that help women, people of color, immigrants, empower to become empowered leaders. So, Michelle Ferguson, if you're listening to it, um, the podcast. Now, I know we touched on this earlier about the future of the industry, um, but as it evolves, um, as it becomes more people-centric, as marketing becomes more intentional, what kind of role do you hope to play in the industry and where do you think that's heading? So when I describe myself, I say that first I'm a technologist, then I'm a marketer, and then I'm a leader. So I'm hoping I'm still going to be driving the innovate, innovation in the industry. I'm going to be that technologist that brings new market categories to the industry. For example, OpenOAN is a great example. I started the movement in 2014-15 and started writing op-eds. Um, I wrote over 100 articles, webinars, LinkedIn posts, speaking, and talking to um, the industry. So now I'm doing similar with AI. Um, so I have opiates going, I, I have discussions going, I'm speaking at Mobile World Congress around AI. So I love learning, So and I love innovating, so I, I'm seeing my role as an innovator in the industry. For you yourself in your career, what would you like to accomplish over the next few years? What's left? So, um, and I always say it, um, last year I won the GLOMO Award at Mobile World Congress for being a strong advocate for diversity for tech. And what I am looking forward to accomplishing is to bringing more diverse talent, we're going to start with women, into telecom. Um, I'm working with UK Teen on their campaign for the UK sector, as um, you know, um, because in the UK, um, government realized it early on, so mm -hmm. they trying to bring fresh talent, diverse talent into the industry. So, and that's my goal as well. That's why we're launching the mentorship program at TIP. That's why um, I started this movement um, to bring diversity voices on stages. And going back to the GLOMA Award, my goal is to have lines to female bathrooms at Mobile World Congress. Because when we have lines to female bathrooms at any mobility conference, wireless conference, telecom conference, including MWC, it means we have gender parity. Now, just moving on to the quick fire round, it doesn't actually have to be quick fire, um, but we just like to kind of wrap up with our guests with something a little less um, hard hitting. So obviously, apart from your own book, um, do you have any recommendations uh, for our listeners? So my all-time favorite three, anything by Dory Clark, 
reinventing, reinventing yourself, building business. Love it. Easy read. Anything, number two, anything by Brene Brown. Love it. Dare to lead. I thought it was me. Absolutely amazing for self-awareness, self-improvement, mm. self-help. And third one, it's not a very well-known book. I recommend it to all my mentees. It's by a plastic surgeon, um, Dr. Maltz, Psycho-Cybernetics. Mm. And it helps many people to reprogram themselves because they're obviously triggers. And learning how to deal with those triggers so we all can realize our full potential is essential. Story about that book. What Dr. Maltz noticed is that after he did plastic surgeries on some patients because they didn't feel good about their nose, their eyes, whatever, he noticed that though people became really physically beautiful, they didn't feel beautiful. What he realized is this is what they were feeding into their brain. And he realized that humans are like computers. If you put insecurities in, then insecurities come out. If you put confidence in, strength, resilience, believe in yourself, this is what you're going to project. So those three books, Dory Clark, anything by Dory Clark, Brené Brown, and Psycho-Cybernetics. Psycho-Cybernetics, that sounds so interesting. I'll definitely have to look that up. I've never heard of anything like that, but what an interesting perspective, a plastic surgeon. I think that, that yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, now, morning routine, what does your morning routine look like? I do morning pages. I do three morning pages. It's from a book um, called Artist's Way. And though Apple put a journaling app on our phones with the last update, I don't know if you're an Apple user, if you noticed or not. Yeah. yeah. There's something really, really special when you write. And it's a different um, connection because your brain connects to your physical um, writing. So I'm not going to be typing my journal on um, Apple. Some people might. So I start with three morning pages from that book, and it helps to not only plan for the day or get some frustration out or write down some quick ideas, but it also helps to shut down the inner critic because as women, our imposter syndrome sometimes rears its ugly head, and the only way to shut it down is just to write it. Write your fears, write your ideas, write your accomplishments. Start with three morning pages. Then it's a cup of coffee. I only drink one cup of coffee a day. And it's, um, I don't eat in the morning. Some people eat, but I don't. So I eat around 10, 11 o'clock. And then it's just jumping into work and trying to balance personal um, emails. So I start review my emails. And then I do my calls, and then it's 10 o'clock, and it's time for breakfast. Um, what's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? It's a really harsh advice. And I want to make sure that uh, people understand it comes from a very good place. 
So someone told me early on in my career, don't act like a victim. And sometimes, in especially when we start start out, we say, oh, this person said this and they hate me. And this person is stealing my work or this person is doing this. So it was very hard to take that advice because someone saw me acting as a victim and it's it's painful when um, you get that type of feedback and just taking it in and thinking what you can do better. So now if I think, oh my God, this person did this, I take a step back, a step back and I say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Take control of your own destiny. Take control of what's going on, how you're going to approach it. Instead of sitting and complaining, are you going to go talk to that person? What are you going to do? So instead of acting as a victim, put some concrete steps in place, how you're going to solve that situation. You can't solve the problem and feel like a victim at the same time. I think making that jump to what can I do about it, just regain some control and then ultimately gives you a sense of control in the situation, which is um, only ever a good thing. Um, now, how do you like to relax? How do you unwind? What's the best way? So two ways, um, because I'm an introvert, I love to read. So I unwind with a good book and I always have multiple books going because it depends on the mood. If I want to learn, I'm going to read a self-help book or leadership book. If I want something mindless but enjoyable, I'm going to read a romance novel. So there's a couple of, always there's a couple of books and the other one, and it's okay to admit, you know, your vices, right? So I love Law and Order. <laughs> I've been watching it since it first came out. So I moved from Russia to Canada in 95. So this is how long I've been watching it since 1995. Wow. Now, last question. What career did you want as a kid? What was your dream? I'm going to surprise you again. <laughs> so I wanted to be an actress. So, but marketing and acting is sort of um, very close one one to another because acting is storytelling and marketing in its best form is really good storytelling and connecting with your audiences in ways that it touches their hearts. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Eugenia. Um, I think it, what an incredible journey and career you've had. Um, and I can't wait for the listeners to hear this episode. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you so very, very much for having me. Hamilton Barnes, thank you for listening to today's episode. Whether you're looking for that next big opportunity or looking for like-minded people to join your team, we'd love to hear from you. So please don't be shy, get in contact, we look forward to hearing from you. Call us on 0207 808 1415 or email us at hello at hamilton-barnes.com.